You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. Well, we are officially on day, is it today, the 20th? It is the 19th, 19 episodes in a row. I have come very close to missing my one a day dedication mark, but I have hit it. And today, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the grieving process because I learned something very fascinating in my master's degree class that I'm taking through GCU. You all know that. If you're keeping up with the show, you know I'm getting my master's degree to become a therapist. And so part of this is learning cool new things. And I literally just got done learning about this and started thinking about how I could turn it into a podcast. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just turn on the microphone and figure it out on the fly. So that's what we're going to do right now. And I know I promised one of my tribal members, one of the clients, that we were going to talk about how to deal with difficult emotions or during the holiday season. And that had me thinking about how to deal with difficult friends or family members during the holiday season. And so I don't want to let another day go by without at least giving you one idea of what to do if you have to deal with difficult friends or family members who are going to come to your home and be a part of your holiday season. So this is just, I'm just throwing it out there. It's one of the many ideas I have. We will cover it deeper in another episode, but I think that this is a really solid idea and I want to make sure that I express it now in case you're already doing some holiday things and you end up around people that you may prefer not to be. So here's an idea. If they're coming to your house, here's what I want you to do. It's going to take a little bit of investment of time, money, and resources, but I think you can pull this off if you are creative enough. Here's the thing. Here's what you're going to do. I'm excited. Are you ready? You should get a pen and a paper and you should write this down. It's going to be super, super amazing. You're going to get a donkey. Now I know it might sound a little crazy, but you could also get a mule. And I might think that donkeys and mules are the same, and I'm not sure. But the donkey or the mule, here's what they're going to do. If people are coming to your house, they're going to stand in front of your house. And when the people try to open up their door to come in your house, they are going to kick the car door closed. Boom shakalaka. This shit's off the chain. You should be paying me to give you this kind of information. So you've got a donkey or a mule. Let's just go with donkey because now I'm picturing the donkey from Shrek, right? He kicks the door closed. Boom. They don't try to get out of their car anymore. Now, if they're feeling frisky, if they're feeling frisky and they want to continue trying, maybe they're going to try to climb out of a window or something because they just insist on coming into your home for the holidays. Phase two of this plan. You're going to get a whole mess of honey badgers. Now I know this sounds ludicrous, but listen, just listen, just, just push away the absurdity of this for a moment and just think about what it would be like if you had a whole clan of honey badgers in your front yard. And when the donkey's kicking the door closed, the honey badgers get on the car and just act like honey badgers, which is as scary as shit. Have you not seen Honey Badgers? There is a Honey Badger show <laughs> I admittedly watched last night in phases because we discussed my TV watching issue right now. And then I'm watching this Honey Badger show on Paramount. And 
<laughs> Sonny Badger does some crazy stuff, man. And if you haven't gone on YouTube and watched Honey Badgers Don't Give an F, uh, why don't I just say give a fuck? I say F word all the time on here. If you don't go on YouTube and type in Honey Badgers Don't Give a Fuck, you are missing out on what this Honey Badger can do. So back to the point. Honey badgers on their hood, acting like honey badgers while the donkey keeps the door closed. Boom. Problem solved. These people will drive away and they'll call you up and be like, I don't know what's up, man. Why is there a donkey and honey badgers in front of your house? Now I can't come over for the holidays. Be like, I have no idea. They showed up and they won't let me out of my front door. So now I guess you'll just have to go do Christmas somewhere, some other place. And boom. Problem solved. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, please hit me up on social media and let me know how many of you follow through with that strategy and how well it works out. Because I think it's golden. I think it's solid. Solid as a rock. I think we should absolutely implement this strategy immediately. <laughs> I want donkeys and honey badgers, especially you up there. I know you, Canada, with the Bernstein bears living next door. I'm telling you, you get some donkeys. No, you only need one donkey. Donkeys can do it all on their own. You get a donkey, you get some honey badgers. I'm telling you, shit's going to get real and people will stop coming over to your home. Boom, shakalaka. Let's talk about grief. Grief is super interesting to me because I have dealt with grief a lot in my life, as many of us have, no doubt. I've put away, uh, God, put away, like like people are a box of cereal. I've had to say goodbye to well over 15 people in my life. I tried to do a, a list before I hit record and I lost track out over 15, but I'm sure there's probably a few. Sorry for those of you up there who who know I missed you, but I've said goodbye to a lot of people and I display grief very quietly and I don't express it externally very much, if at all. And there's just a whole lot of thinking and a whole lot of processing that I do on the internal side. Whereas I have seen people express their grief very externally, where there's a lot of crying and there's there's a lot of overtly um, emotional expressions done externally, which again, teaches own. Everybody's unique. Love the beauty of the human experience. drink a little water right there because the honey badger thing got me super hyped. I really, really, really think it's a great strategy. So when you look at yourself and ask, how do you display grief? First of all, however you choose to display your grief is your prerogative. It's you. It's That's your processing perspective. And I do not want anyone to feel like they need to overtly express their emotions in order to placate people around them who think they're not grieving enough. And then as I learned more about the grieving process tonight, that's what I kept thinking about was how many people will be very overt with their expressions of grief, mourning, sadness, any emotion, whereas other people will do it more internally. And then there's like, well, you're not sad enough. You're not grieving enough. Why aren't you crying? And it's like, look, man, you know, I just, this is how I display it. And, you know, for somebody else to feel shamed by the way that they're displaying their grief, it's like a double whammy, right? Because you're already sad enough about the loss. And now you're getting people busting your ass about the way that you're deciding to process the loss. Like, (laughs) F all y'all. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm over here, just this big bad thing just happened, and I'm trying to work through my emotions, and now I'm having people talk shit to me about how I'm expressing my emotions? I mean, <laughs> talk about the ultimate disrespect. So, in the grieving process, I learned about this process called the grief pattern inventory. 
Now, what's really cool about this grief pattern inventory is that there are two subsets of this, and it is intuitive and instrumental. So if you're taking notes, it's called the grief pattern inventory. You can Google it. And there are two subsets of the grief pattern inventory that we're going to focus on today. There was a dissonant, dissonance, and dissonance. Now I want to start singing the Pearl Jam song. Apologies for that. Let's stay focused, Jesse. Intuitive, instrumental. These are the two subsets that we're going to focus on for this. In the study, they did mention a dissonant version, but we're not going to highlight that one. We're going to stick with intuitive and instrumental. You can actually Google the grief pattern inventory or intuitive and instrumental uh, grievers, and you'll get more information. So let's start there. Intuitive grievers will be people who will often, um, when asked about how they experience their grief, they'll say things like, um, it felt like this, or I cried, I screamed. They'll discuss their emotions very kinesthetically, which is very feelings-based. Well, I felt like this. It gripped me like this. I stumbled through the sadness. I was gripped by the grief. I felt like someone punched me in the belly. Their expressions will be very um, kinesthetically focused because they are trying to um, describe their feelings that they're having internally, but to an external resource, meaning they're seeking to use language patterns to express how they're feeling internally. So they're going to be using kinesthetic words. They're also going to be perhaps overtly expressing their emotions. There will be the screaming or the shouting or the getting angry, some way of displaying what is happening internally, externally for other people to see. Often it's being done for themselves. Other people might be around to experience it, to witness it, but it's not for them. It's for the person who is displaying it, who's feeling it. So they're going to want people to just let them do their thing. Whereas, you know, you've heard, oh, come on, it's okay. You can stop crying or aren't you being a little overly emotional? In the process of grieving, one of the last things we want to do is tell somebody to not grieve the way that they want to grieve. I mean, there's the stages of loss that we've are, we, we're all very familiar with, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, and the acceptance. To tell somebody to not express themselves, I mean, talk about just the, again, double whammy, triple whammy, quadruple whammy, express yourself. So if you during a grieving process, find yourself being very overtly emotional. And when you describe your feelings, it's very utilizing kinesthetic words, punched in the gut. I felt like this. I was gripped by this. I, I stumbled through that. Then you are utilizing kinesthetic words. You are showing signs of being an intuitive griever. It's very important that I, that I, the reason I'm doing this whole thing is I think it's very important that we understand what intuitive grievers are because the human experience is difficult enough with our emotions than to have somebody tell us to turn our emotions down or even off. But as humans, especially because we, like we constantly live in this state of fearing of death, shout out to good place, we are naturally sad. We're naturally like this fear that would all end. So when people are displaying emotions of sadness during a grieving process, sadness in general, 
people feel uncomfortable around those emotions. They don't know how to respond rather than just being there and perhaps listening and just sometimes being the shoulder to be supportive. We feel like we need to do something. But since we don't know what to do, we would rather the person just not be showing emotions. Well, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. So why don't you just stop doing it so I can just go back to feeling muted? Because please, emotions make me scared and uncomfortable. So why then are we in this methodology, no, that's not the right word. Why are we then in this strategy of seeking to get somebody to turn them down or turn them off instead of just being okay with the fact that they're going to display them? And if that's not the way we choose to display them and we would prefer to do it more in private um, or just in the shadows, then that's how you choose. But if somebody else decides that they want to overtly express emotions in the public forum or around you, then be the supportive person and realize you don't have to do anything. Just standing there holding space for them and their sadness is quite enough. And the beautiful thing as I dove deeper into this is that it doesn't just have to be grieving the loss. It can be any emotion. Because as I did my research, intuitive instrumental grieving patterns started to show up in other places, but they just weren't called intuitive or instrumental. They 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 used different verbiage, and I won't throw that all on you now because I feel like I'm giving you enough here, and I don't want to get you lost in the sauce. So... Since it's showing up all over the place, it quickly realized that intuitive and instrumental appear to be ways that people will deal with emotions in general. So now we know intuitive, and that's the one where they'll overtly express it. They'll be more kinesthetic. They'll talk about feeling it and stumbling it and it gripping them. They'll scream. They'll shout. They'll show emotions, and they'll display them outwardly. Um if you really want to help somebody who's an intuitive griever, um, journaling, an internal process is definitely works um, so they can explore their feelings. Support groups work for intuitive grievers. Um, oftentimes, though, they will be seeking a confidant, one person that they can confide in, probably their best friend. And if the grieving escalates, perhaps even therapy, a counselor, or a coach, somebody like that. Now, an instrumental griever, on the other hand, is much more auditory digital. They're seeking ways to understand their emotions. They want to think through their emotions. When asked how they will express their grief, um, it'll be in a very physical, like an action-oriented way, adding in the cognitive way. So they're going to want to take action with their body and also be thinking about it. So they potentially will use sentences like, I just kept thinking about the person. I kept running it over in my mind. Um, I felt like I was kicked in the stomach. I felt like somebody punched me. It's utilizing some kinesthetic words, but it's much more action-oriented, as if somebody did something to them. I felt like I was kicked in the stomach. It takes another person. Somebody punched me. It takes another person. Kept running it over in my mind. Very physically active. And it's, it's this idea that they're thinking through it. They're seeking to understand their emotions rather than feeling them. They'll be very curious about their grieving process, and they might even notice that they, they'll think that they didn't express much grief. But when we can get them talking about it, they'll actually realize that they may have talked about the person a lot, or they may have been thinking about the person a lot. They could have gone off and, you know, displayed their uh, grieving process externally by doing something active in order to honor the person that they lost. So it could be, you know, and 
my research, they mentioned a scholarship fund or something to that extent. But what I was thinking more of is perhaps, you know, like buying a bunch of flowers and making a really cool display at their funeral plot. It could be making a really cool video that displays the person and doing fun things and pictures and a collage, something that can be displayed externally, but it takes their action in order to create it. They may not always recognize that this is an expression of grief, but it is. And it's in the action. And this is me. When when my mom died, when when Abigail died, when Scott Button died, when, you know, these people that are important to me, I mean, even with the guys I shout out at the end of the show, you know, Ron and Robert, Sunshine is Ron's real name, is, um, or Sunshine is, Ron, yeah, no, Ron is Sunshine's real name. <laughs> Sunshine's his nickname. Um, you know, but they were people who were in my tribe. Ron was the first person I ever told I was sober to, and Robert was in the tribe, and, uh, he was over in um, South Africa and passed away. And I had communications with him for well over a year and a half before he um, died of cancer. And so I remember these people, and, and my honoring of them is talking about them on the show. My honoring of Sunshine was, you know, doing something for his family and going on the Facebook and writing something. Like I think through my emotions. I want to understand my emotions. I will do a lot of thinking about what I, you know, may have interacted with them in the past. And unfortunately, there'll be a lot of ruminating about the things I think I could have done, but it's part of my grieving process. So I think the big takeaway from this whole show is for everybody to realize that if you're intuitive, you're going to feel them. A very strong internal emotional feeling that you will display externally maybe to people you feel comfortable with. Maybe you'll just be the one who breaks down in in the middle of a public forum. But either way, intuitive grievers seek to feel into the emotions and display them versus an instrumental griever who will want to think through their emotions and not display them, often because they just aren't as strong of emotions as the intuitive griever is feeling, meaning that while the emotions might have strength to them, the desire to display them isn't there because they're in their minds and they're thinking through this. And as I look back at different ways I've noticed people displaying their emotions through my coaching lens, I've coached hundreds of people and inevitably a traumatic moment, some level of suffering, some emotional experience will be brought up during the process naturally. I mean, we've all got them. So of course they're going to come up during the coaching process. And there's been times where I felt like I was doing a disservice to the client at the time because I wasn't helping them uh, think through the grieving process, the loss process, and then helping them come up with strategies. And that's what an instrumental person wants. They want strategies because then they can take action on that. They want to be able to do something versus an intuitive griever who just wants space held for them to display their emotions. They just want it to be okay that they're feeling them and for somebody to be there to support them in their feeling. This is fascinating. Instrumental grievers, intuitive grievers, the grief pattern inventory. This is the kind of stuff that undergrad did not provide me. No wonder I showed up to class all the time half-wasted because I didn't feel like I was learning anything worth knowing. And every single day I go into this school and, and get into my schoolwork, fascinating things are brought up. I mean, an intuitive griever just wants to feel it and wants the space and the comfortability to display it to those that are around them. And an instrumental griever wants strategies and processes to help them think through it and so they can take action in order to honor the loss. Oh my gosh, 
knowing this about yourself will, one, give you permission to grieve whatever emotion, right? Grieving, loss, any any emotions. I'm telling you, I have gone off. I've done the research and I've looked back and I've thought, wow, this works with sadness. Because some people who want to be sad, they just want to feel sad. And other people who are sad, they want a strategy, an action-oriented item to help them get out of their sadness. Imagine if you looked at your addiction as the death of a one version of you and your sobriety as the birth of another version of you. Then there's going to be a grieving process in that. And this is what I was talking about, I think, yesterday when I talked about it's okay to be sad for the loss of your old self. Now notice, how did you display it? Right? Were you overtly externally emotional because of of what you were feeling inside? Or were you looking for strategies and processes to help you think and understand your way from addiction into sobriety and recovery? Knowing this gives you permission to express and feel however you desire. And if somebody says, you know what, you're not showing enough emotion, be like, I'm just, I'm an instrumental emotional person, right? Instrumentally emotional. I prefer to think about it and understand it and have strategies and action statements and action steps to move myself out of it. Versus somebody who's intuitively emotional, they're going to be more of the feeling side and they're going to be displaying those emotions. And either is just as great as the next one because you are unique and beautiful and amazing and I want you to feel comfortable in your skin. And if people around you are not helping you feel comfortable in your skin, then here's what I'd recommend. It's a genius idea. You may have heard about it, but if you look, if you've heard of it, just listen to it again. So if somebody doesn't like it when you display emotions, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get a donkey and some honey badgers. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) I don't know if there's a way to actually get a donkey and a honey badger legally. I feel like there's got to be like a permit or something that you have to get and probably have to sign some paperwork. But I'm telling you what, this sounds like a fun time. There's an ESPN commercial uh, or a sports commercial about the Heisman, and there is a uh, football player who, um, Charles Woodson, and he won the Heisman a long time ago, and he's in the commercial with Eddie George, who also won the Heisman a long time ago, and Eddie George is an Ohio State Buckeye, and uh, Charles Woodson is a Michigan Wolverine, and they are arch enemies. They are humongous rivals, and in this commercial, Woodson talks about how he wishes the Wolverines had a mascot, because everybody else has a mascot, and they show clips of Tim Tebow playing with the Florida Gator mascot, and they show clips of um, Eddie George playing with the Ohio State Buckeye mascot, but the Michigan Wolverines don't have one so he decides he's going to get a wolverine but whereas the other two guys did not have a real alligator (laughs) nor would i guess eddie george have an actual buckeye because i'm pretty sure that's just like a like an acorn type thing that falls off of trees but tim tebow is not running around an actual alligator that would not work out well well charles woodson in this commercial orders an actual wolverine and it shows up in this box (laughs) and eddie george opens it up and the final scene shows them all cut up with like this neck brace on and i told you that ridiculous story just simply for the fact that i feel like if you ordered a whole clan of honey badgers (laughs) shit would get real quick (laughs) i ordered these honey badgers to keep my you know my uh, crazy uncle and aunt out of my house but instead now i'm in the er (laughs) and so but i mean i'm telling you i'm telling you what 
if people don't like the way that you express emotions, then uh, maybe a donkey and a honey badger are outside of your financial uh, restrictions uh, right now, and maybe that's not something that's within your your ability, then just simply let them know that there are intuitive grievers and there's instrumental grievers. And intuitive ones feel it deeply and express it externally, and they just want support and space to be able to process their emotions. And an instrumental griever is going to think their way through the emotions. They're going to be looking for action steps and strategies for how them for how they can further understand what it is they're feeling and how they can honor the loss, whatever that loss may be. Knowing this is invaluable. Express yourself. Like Madonna used to say, express yourself. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. And if she just sung that song with a bunch of donkeys and honey badgers as backup dancers, <laughs> come on. That would have gone viral. All right, my friends. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine and Robert. Glow on. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.